0: That whole thing. Sorry, Lord. Oh well. But well, what are we expecting to happen when we ask for the glory of God? When we talk about the presence of the Lord. Presence is the word in the Hebrew means face. When you're in the presence of someone, John, come on up here. Jeanette, come on up here. John, you can walk over there by those chairs. Right now, I mean, basically being in the same room, there's kind of a, you know, you could say sort of in the presence. Of, but John, come on over here. She, he's about to come into the presence of Jeanette. They're face <laughs> the to <thing. laughs> <laughs> But he's now in the presence of the Lord. I remember Bill Johnson talking about the presence of God. Demystifying it in a sense, because he said, you know, whenever you turn your affections and your attention and focus toward the Lord, you're in His presence. Whenever I turn myself toward John, I'm in His presence. I'm, I'm not, I'm not in His presence right now, but it's up in front of. You can see it up here. In front of, before, and behind. So when Moses is saying, Lord, we've got to have your presence. You've got to come with us into this promised land. If you're not going with us, I'm not going. I'm not going. Thanks, guys. It's not worth it. As we go on this journey, if the presence of God is not with us, it's not worth it. If the face of God is not going before us, it's not worth it. We're just playing games. We're just playing games. Exodus 34, 14, and the Lord replied, My presence will go with you. It means, or I will personally go with you. I will personally go with you and I will give you rest as you go into the promised land. In Psalm 139, 7, I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away Everybody say, from your presence. I go up to heaven, you are there. If I go down to the place of the dead, you are there. Today, I want to start a series. I want to start a series today. Just, I want to call it the Good Shepherd series. And we're going to be using Psalm 23, which we really won't get into today, but we're going to be using Psalm 23 as our backdrop, as kind of a road map of our life with God. And um, this, this psalm is all about living and learning to live in the presence of God. Like Jesus would share stories and parables to explain spiritual truth, Psalm 23 is one of the most powerful portions of Scripture, helping us to describe who God is and our relationship with Him. It's interesting because it's such a familiar one to us. That why would God, of course, David, he used the metaphors of a sheep because he was a shepherd. But Jesus was not a shepherd, but he used the metaphor of a sheep when he was explaining spiritual truths. This... uh, particular psalm, as I've been studying it, it's, it's something that is, uh, you know, it's shared at memorial services often, you know, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, rappers have wrapped it, you know, people, all <laughs> kinds of people have, have taken a chunk out of this thing and tried to use it for whatever, um, but um, there's a lot of things that we have ideas or imaginations about what this psalm is saying that really are not based upon anything true. <laughs> They're not based upon real life. And some of this stuff is actually pretty ludicrous that um, people have come up with. But our goal in this series is that we would grow in our love for God. And that we would deepen our relationship with Him. Let's go to John chapter 10. And it says here, read this with me. Actually, could we stand together it's just as we read really God's Word here, a good portion of it? Ready? I am the gate for the sheep, he said. All the others who came before me were thieves and robbers, but the true sheep did not listen to them. Yes, I am the door. Those who come in through me will be saved. Wherever they go, they will find green pastures. Okay, stop right there. So, is the door a thing or a person? It's a person. Who is the, who's the door? That's right. That's a large part where we have gotten our name from. We are the open door church. And Jesus is that open door from this world into the life um, of the believer. And uh, at night, it's interesting just pausing right there, they will find, wherever they go, they will find green pastors. At night, Sheep were brought into a little bit of a, of a corral. Um, sometimes it was a cave. Sometimes it was, uh, a, you know, he would open in open spaces where there wasn't something they could be secure and protected in. They would bring the shepherd would bring them into an enclosure, maybe a walk a rock wall all the way around, or a bunch of branches that he put around, and he would bring them in. Sometimes it said that the way that sheep were uh, stolen is they would put one guy, one of the thieves would get over into there and then he would hand the sheep over to the other thief and they would slowly just bleed this guy of all of his sheep until they were all gone. And the sheep, being as dumb as they are, they just kind of let it happen. Interesting that Jesus uses the metaphor of sheep For us. (laughs) (laughs) Turn to somebody next to you and says, Hey sheep, how you doing? (laughs) But this is called a sheepfold. And so the shepherd would get inside the sheepfold and he would sleep inside there with them to protect them. So a good shepherd, which Jesus is the good shepherd... He protects us. He's not going to let anybody in. This is a metaphor, this door of stepping into from this life into eternal life. But it's also talking about our life and our walk with God. All right, the thief. Here we go. The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give life in all its fullness. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. I know my sheep, and they know me, just as my father knows me. And I know the father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep, too, that are not in this sheepfold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. And there will be one flock with one shepherd. You may be seated. I love what Jesus is saying there. When he says that I must bring them also, because I have other sheep too that are not in the sheepfold yet. That's part of what we to get to partner with the Holy Spirit with in seeing others come to know the Good Shepherd. Amen. To know what it's like to live in His presence, to experience the blessing, to be in the, the circle of blessing, if you will, the protection to be saved from the thief who comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And we see our world being destroyed as a result of that taking place in people's lives. They desperately want to know the God that loves them, that created them. Mm-hmm. Now, there are directions and warnings that Jesus is giving to His audience. Here we see, um, look at these sheep. and How many of you are familiar, you've maybe worked with sheep at all? Any experience with sheep? All right, two of you. Okay, I've never worked with sheep before. I've been around them before. My son's kicked one before in a petting zoo and all that. But other than that, <laughs> we had a sheep actually attack him. Or maybe it was a chicken. Was it a chicken? <laughs> I think it was both. My son was attacked by a chicken and a sheep. Okay. we have this video though of Justice just hauling off and kicking this thing he wasn't backing down but you have directions and warnings that Jesus is giving to his audience now sheep are extremely weak they're very vulnerable to disease and predators and different things they're very dependent they need help and they're fairly lacking in the department of intelligence as well Sorry to say. Humans, we come, actually, with a user's manual. Anybody got your user's manual? It might be in electronic form, but hold up your user's manual. That's right. Human beings, we're a tripart being. We're spirit, soul, and body. And we come with a user's manual. It's God's Word. And it describes the owner. Because he has an owner's manual he's given us about who he is, what he expects, describing his grace and his love and his mercy and all that, but also his boundaries for life and the warnings that go with it. And uh, there's, there's a lot of warnings in here. In fact, Deuteronomy 30 says, choose life or choose death. In the Garden of Eden, there was the tree of life, and then there was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. God is not interested in robots, is He? No. He wants our hearts fully with Him, to love Him, out of a heart that's given. I was looking at um, you know, some warning labels, and we're, we're pretty fragile people, and... Um, we need these warning labels to be able to help us. And I was looking at this, it was like a, a, a propane or a butane tank of flammable material. And I was looking at there and it says, danger, extremely flammable, contents under pressure. And this is similar to the human existence, right? We're extremely flammable sometimes. We can be very emotional Like, man, don't put any fuel next to that person because they're about to explode. The contents are under pressure. Study the user's manual before use. Parents, that's what we do, right? Oh my gosh, what are we going to do with these kids? Helping them grow up in the ways of the Lord. There always isn't a manual for them in particular, but, you know, in terms of humans, don't puncture them, don't incinerate or sort temperatures above a certain, Right? We don't work well in hellish places. Okay? Then this container is refillable, though. But you have to be careful because everybody raise up your container. You're a your container. Everybody is. Now the user's manual says that we're gonna we're supposed to be continually filled with the Holy Spirit. Aren't we? Yes. absolutely. But we can also be filled with other things. God is not responsible for the misuse of this product. If you misuse your product, then that's on you. You've been given a choice and opportunity. Failure to follow warnings and instructions could result in serious injury or death. How many resemble that serious injury part? Because of the choices that you made, yeah. Use only in accordance with the manufacturer's instructions. Check compatibility before using with other brands. Okay? Maybe a scripture comes to mind, do not be unequally yoked. Right? Don't mix with other brands. Improper use may result in unsafe operation and may void the manufacturer warranty. So be careful what you do. I was looking at some labels. One of them that I came across was high voltage. High voltage. And I, I was... Um, I came across this song uh, from one of my kids. They, they showed me this new band. And uh, the, the words say of the chorus I'll try my best. How much do I invest? He's talking about a relationship. Like cardiac arrest, high voltage in her lips. I'll try my best. How much do I invest? Like cardiac arrest, high voltage when we kiss. That's pretty good. That's great stuff. When we're talking about my wife and I, sorry to get a little bit too graphic. If it makes anybody uncomfortable. Sorry, guys. I don't know what I'm doing here. All right. We'll see if that. I'll just not move. Yeah. High voltage. High voltage. Yeah. There's warning labels. For instance, one of the warning labels is on sexual expression in Scripture. Is sex good? All the married folks say, amen. Amazing. Okay? In the church, a lot of times we've been told, oh, no, no, that's that's bad. No, no, no. It's really, really good. And that's why we put it in the context of covenant marriage. Because that's the only thing that can handle the power of the beauty of sexuality and sexual expression. That's it. That's how powerful it is. That's the message that we as the church should be preaching is that that is an amazing and powerful thing, but that high voltage has got to be within the context of marriage. Mixing chemicals. Mixing chemicals. You can see on here this label. And it says, do not mix ammonia with chlorine. And it goes into what the consequences are if you do that. So, I love this scripture in James chapter 1. It says, pure and lasting religion in the sight of God our Father means that we must care for the orphans and the widows and their troubles. Now check it out. And refuse to let the world corrupt us. You see that mixture? Are we supposed to be out of the world? No. God put us in the world for a reason. But we're not to be of the world. Mixed in with it. That's where the children of Israel got in trouble, didn't they? Is when they mixed and they began to worship the idols of the other cultures. As long as they kept pure and lived for God according to His manual and according to what? Grace. They were able to draw people to the one and true God. The human life is constantly under pressure. Anyone relate to that? Contents under pressure. And then to study God's Word, to learn how to steward this spirit, soul, and body, this tripart being, is so important. So important. There's warnings on that. Again, Deuteronomy 30, life and death, and that life is God Himself. Psalm 119, 9 through 11. We have that one? Psalm 119, 9 through 11. How can a young person stay pure? By obeying your word and following its rules. I have tried my best to find you. See right there? Insert grace right into that. Oh man, I've tried and I've tried and I've tried and I've tried. That's okay. God, in His grace through Jesus Christ, enables us and empowers us through His free gift. And He says, don't let me wander, Lord, from your commands. And God says, I got you. I got you. I have hidden, meaning to store up or treasure your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I have hidden, I've stored up, I've treasured your word in my heart. Does that mean, oh, just memorize scripture that we won't sin? No, that's not what we're talking about. But we're talking about a relationship with this person behind his word that allows us to experience the presence of God to the point where we don't want to do those things. We don't want to give ourselves to those things. We want to please Him. We want to please Him. Oh my goodness. And then this human container is to be refilled, 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 and filled again by the Holy Spirit on a regular and continual basis. I love what Ephesians 5.18 says. Says, do not be drunk with wine. But what? Be filled and controlled by the Holy Spirit. Wow. You've heard me say this before. Somebody that's not filled and controlled by the Holy Spirit should not go anywhere near alcohol or any other intoxicating thing, whether that be a guy or a girl or any. Don't go near those things. If you can't handle that intoxication, don't do it. Unless you're filled and controlled by the Holy Spirit. See, someone that's filled and controlled by the Holy Spirit can enjoy, you know, can enjoy enjoy some wine, enjoy a beer. (gasps) No. No. (laughs) Yes, actually, it's true. But don't be drunk with wine. Be filled and controlled. And then you want to please Him in every area of life. So in relationships with the opposite sex, you won't defraud them. You won't lead them on. Because you're not an intoxicating person. The only one that you are intoxicated by is the Holy Spirit. By God Himself. You're so filled and full of God Himself that you draw other people to the Lord rather than direct people's attention to yourself and to your body. That is great stuff. That is great stuff. So, this Psalm 23, um, just a little backdrop here, but the original audience to which the Bible was written were, they were more simple, you know, kind of... uh, Country folk who lived in more of a, they understood the outdoors. They understood more of a rural, natural life. It's um, more, you know, Snohomish County versus King County type of thing, okay? When we lived out in Snohomish County, I mean, we had chickens. We can't do that here really in King County, even though my neighbor has some. But, uh, you know, that stuff, you know, people understand that more. They've got more acreage. It's, there's a big difference between my little lot here that I have and, and Bob's out in Monroe. They got a little bit more space, and so that's kind of you know how it w- he was talking to people that understood those things a little bit more, people who had you know animals around. It's more um, I don't know Johnny Cash as opposed to Taylor Swift. Sorry, Rams. But uh, sorry, Corey throwing stuff from the cheap seats way up there. Easy, Court. I'm teasing you guys. I'm just joking. Everybody's like, really? She is? (laughs) Um, As a boy, um, we grew up uh, just in more of an agrarian context in eastern Washington. Orchards, fruit Orchards. And lots of animals around and I mean that was the context that, the, that they were talking to these types of people the Bible is full of references to animals and plants and soil to help describe the human life, the con- human condition and to help us understand ideas that would go over our heads, so Jesus used these parables and these different stories and it was usually all agrarian and, you know, because that was who he was talking to So they would get it. They would sink in and they'd use those stories to help. And that's what we're going to do here in Psalm 23. How many of you get out and pull some weeds from time to time? You like to get out and work in your garden. I love getting out and working in the garden. And I I don't start, it's kind of like running for me. I, I, I hate running, but once I get into it and get a little bit of rhythm, then I start enjoying it. I like the therapeutic aspect of working in the ground you know digging weeds up and making things nice and of course i love the uh what happens after i love the results yesterday dawn and dean and i were sitting over in the kelly's backyard and they just um tom the road killer they just do an amazing um job on these manicured what did you call it dean Bouchard gardens of kenmore you know i mean they just really really do good But um, if you've you've taken time to do that, you learn a lot about the human condition. I think I've learned more about sinful choices by pulling weeds than I have just about anything else. And I'm serious. You look at these weeds where, you know, you, you pass by them and you look at them and you say, I'll get to that eventually. I'll get to that. And that's those little sins, you know, those things that... Lord's Holy Spirit's bringing to your attention. You're saying, Yeah, I'll get to that. And you keep passing them by, and these things keep growing up. I have never planted one stinking weed in my entire garden, in my lawn, in anywhere that they grow up. I can hardly get a flower or a tree or a bush to do anything in my garden. I mean, it requires so much care just to get this thing to bear some fruit. Ah. It's so frustrating. Real quickly, John 15. He said, Jesus says, I'm the true vine. My father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch that doesn't produce fruit. And he prunes the branches. Listen to this. He prunes the branches that do bear fruit so that they will produce even more. I believe there's a number of us that may be in here that are really discouraged right now. Because you are experiencing a pruning season. But I, I believe Holy Spirit wants to encourage you. And Holy Spirit will confirm, if this is you, if this is what He is speaking to you, that He... Prunes the branches that do bear fruit so that they will produce even more without first cutting back those branches, there cannot be a greater growth, a greater production, if you will, um, in your life. And God is doing that and he's pruning you. Why? Because he loves you. He's pruning back some branches and stuff that are overgrown that you become familiar with and, and all that, but He's cutting those things back so that there can be a new and a fresh life in you. So, amen. I believe Holy Spirit wants to speak to you about that. You have been pruned already for greater faithfulness by the message I have given you. Come on, let the message of God, the Word of God get in you and prune you. Let it work in your heart. Let it let it cut stuff. The word of God is powerful. It's sharper than any two edged sword. It severs between you know it cuts between flesh and spirit. Between the soul and the spirit. Cuts those those hard parts of our heart away. Amen. Yes, I am the vine, and you are the branches. Those who remain in me, and I in them will produce much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. Anyone who, anyone who parts from me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. We're not made for high temperatures, people. We're made to live in the presence of God. But if you stay joined with me and my words remain in you, here's that lifestyle, every day, ongoing, then you may ask, request anything you like, and it will be granted. My true disciples produce much fruit. But I've never seen a branch. I've never seen a tree sit there and go, Oh, fruit! Come on! No. There's a rest in just allowing just you to stick your roots down into God. Put your roots down into His Word. Put your roots down into His presence. And just experience life. Just sink your hands. Let your hands just sink up into His presence. Into Him. And just rest in Him. Just rest in Him. When you're on the job, just sink your your roots into just praying in the Spirit. Just pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. Just let the life of the Spirit grow and grow in your heart. Well, we're going to end with this this last part of John chapter 15, I have told you this so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. So we're going to start with the end. We're going to start with the very end of Psalm 23. And I just want to put this up here. It's the book end. So I'm going to start with the first verse and then the last verse. Let's say this together. The Lord is my shepherd. So that's the first phrase of that. And then we're going to book okay, in, we're going to grab roots, start with the end of that chapter. And it says, surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life. And I will live in the house of the Lord forever. That word house, it's synonymous with presence. And I will live in the presence of the Lord forever. This is a face to face lifestyle. It is face to face with God, completely surrounded by God. Because as we get into this, we're going to see in the presence of the Lord, we will lack nothing. We will lack nothing. We may fear things at times, we may be discouraged, but we will lack nothing. We will lack nothing fear nothing through every season of life. Someone who is able to make this statement right here has gone through the seasons of life with the Lord. They've been through the summer months where there's a lot of provision, there's lots of grass, to, you know, where you can eat and you know take the, the shepherd would take them up on the high mountain range where they would be able to find great just beautiful green pastures where they would go. But you know what the fall comes And the winter comes, and those tough storms come, and those rains come. But you know what? The shepherd leads his people into those places, into the corrals, and in the barns, and in those places of protection. And he is with us all the time. You go to the Psalm, Psalm 91. I will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. He's, you know, he is right there. You ever seen that? uh, There's this grizzly bear. video that was going around and it's this little cub and he's running from this mountain lion. And then finally this mountain lion just whacking at him, you know, cutting him up and stuff. And then all of a sudden there's the he just the baby just the baby cub just gets so mad at this mountain lion, and He just goes, Ree! you know, just what like does whatever his little squeal is and all of a sudden the mountain lion just like you know startled look and turns around and runs. And then all of a sudden you hear the rage of this and just right behind this cub is this massive mama bear grizzly. What was that baby cub protected under the shadow of the almighty mama bear? That's our good, good father. For every season of life through the heavy rain, the storms, the winters. I want you to stand uh, here as we close. And uh, I, want, I want to pray for us. Because there's some of us that are... We're, we're in that place. We're in the mountaintop place right now. We've got plenty of vision. We can see. But you know what? We don't want to forget the most important thing. When we're experiencing success and provision, we want to stay plugged in to the presence of the Lord. You, know, yeah, you can play a little bit. That would be great. And then those, I want to pray for you right now. Lord, those who are experiencing that summertime right now, full of vision and full of provision, that they would continually look to you with
1: thanksgiving
0: in their heart. Just say, God, you're the reason. You're the reason. It's not about me. It's not because I'm so great. But it's because you're so great. I don't deserve What you've given me. I give all the glory back to you. Come on, can we say that? I give all the glory back to you in those vision and provision seasons. For those of you who are experiencing an autumn or a winter right now, the storms are coming against you, there's maybe a pruning that's taking place. You're not able to find the provision. Right now, Holy Spirit, we're just with you, we just agree because I know you told me to do this, but to release provision for those people in a desert place, in a dry place, and in this season, I just call your heart to just press into God, to just press into Him. No matter what we feel, whether we are, our, our our feelings have been jaded and, and we're not um, we're not feeling anything. We're feeling abandoned if we're feeling anything. We're feeling discouraged. Those that are experiencing fear, unbelief, we just release belief to You. To believe God. Faith in the face of fear. Faith in the face of discouragement and despair. Just receive that from the Lord right now. Just say, Lord, I just receive Your faith. I want your faith, your faith. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your faith. Thank you, Lord, for your encouragement. We just say again this scripture the Lord is my shepherd, and surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me. Not just drag behind me, but pursue me all the days of my life and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. To live in Your presence. Thank You so much. Thank You so much, God. Amen. Amen. I would love to pray for You, with You, agree with You for anything. Um, if uh, if you'd like to come up just here afterward, we're going to go ahead and dismiss. We've got some great uh, refreshments and stuff out here uh, in the fellowship hall. But if you want prayer, please come up. Don't leave before you do. Would love to pray for you and with you.